Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. And it is August, which means actual football games will be played that we can place wagers on and make them a little bit more interesting college football later on in the month but it's preseason NFL time including the first game already 3 days earlier than it normally is the Hall of Fame game Thursday August 3rd at night which is why we did the podcast a day earlier this week on Wednesday So we could give you some tips. We, of course, being primarily he, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. You can check him out on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. It's the only place you can check him out on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. Or you can hit me up, Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, at Ross Tucker NFL. On Twitter, my Facebook is facebook.com slash Tucker NFL. We are presented by betonline.ag, the online gaming website of choice for the Even Money podcast with the best odds and fast payouts. This is our time to shine. August through the Super Bowl, there is no place else you'd rather be. I guarantee it when it comes to knowing who you should place the wagers on. And Steve, I should mention when I said that at Fezzik Sports is your only Twitter handle, there are some imposters out there. I think at least one of our listeners got duped. I want you to clarify where people can find you and your stuff so that they don't ever get duped themselves. Yeah, at Fezzik Sports is my Twitter. The only place I ever sell anything is pregame.com. I do have some CDs that I produced at uh, Lifetime Sports Winner. But if anyone contacts you, they say they're me, and they ask you to send the money, that is not me. I never, ever do that. I only go through pregame.com. If you want to get my all of my selections, that's the place to get it. All right, Steve. It's August. We have a game tomorrow night. Why don't we start, before we even get to the game tomorrow night, 
and I know we've talked about this the last couple of years, but it's important. We always get new listeners, and we need to reinforce this. What are your thoughts in general on preseason NFL game betting? Good idea, bad idea, value, no value. What do you got? For the pros who are serious about getting the money, they love preseason betting. And a lot of people dismiss it, and they don't even – really good bettors, they don't even follow preseason, and that's fine. But I've also heard the alternative theory – Oh, it's impossible to beat preseason. And I got to tell you, Ross, that drives me crazy. I almost want to force the folks that say that to open up a sports book with their own money and accept wagers because it will drive you crazy as a sports book manager to try to set accurate lines because the, because the power ratings don't matter nearly as much as the incentive week to week and, and the quarterback rotations and it's just extremely difficult to set the lines. That's why I got to get bet online accolades. Not only do they have the Hall of Fame game up, Ross, not sure you're aware. They have all of the week one preseason lines up. New England right now, bet online, laying five and a half, total 41 against Jacksonville. That takes cojones to put out a number when no one has any idea who is even playing yet. You know what? That's that's really interesting. You're right. A lot of people do say that. They say, "Oh, you can't do, you know, you can't win with preseason betting." But then, if that were the case, then they should be the one making odds and and try to win on the other side of it. And trying to set a line on a preseason game. Now, let's face it: to set a regular season game, it's pretty darn easy for the most part. If you've got a game where Kansas City is hosting San Diego, it's like, oh, Kansas City's a little, you know, a little bit too. Maybe quite a bit better than San Diego. I'll make San Diego a uh, four and a half, five point underdog. Maybe I'll be off by a point. It's pretty easy to approximately get the number right in preseason. Not unusual to have a team favored by two that goes off as a three point underdog in some cases. So then, what are the keys in your mind when you are betting on preseason games? You, you mentioned motivation uh you mentioned backup quarterback play i think or at least you have been the past yeah a good backup quarterback with wheels that's willing to run is extremely difficult to stop and so like seneca wallace for years was coined mr august in terms of his preseason prowess when he was playing in the nfl my favorite week is week two ross i love betting a road team in week two that's catching three points, that lost week one. The coaches say, hey, I'm evaluating talent. I don't care at all if I win. And for the most part, that's likely true. But you get a team that's 1-0 at home off a nice, satisfying win, and they're absolutely evaluating talent, and they really don't care at all if they win. The coach that's 0-1 has a little more incentive. No one wants to go winless in the preseason. And so you start 0-1, you don't want to lose that second game, and now you've got that hanging over you, haven't won a game yet. Now, if there was one trend situation that I almost blindly back, it's that 0-1 team catching points on the road against the 1-0 team, because I don't think home field is worth the three points that the marketplace tends to give it in preseason. So the marketplace still gives three points in preseason for home teams even though the crowds really aren't an impact or a factor in the game 
For the most part, yes. So if we look in in terms of like the bet online uh, spreads here for opening week, every one of the home teams looks to be favored here. Uh, the biggest is New England laying five and a half to Jacksonville. There are a couple pickums. Um, New Orleans at Cleveland is uh, I'm sorry, that's the only pickem game right now. And then all the other spreads are between one to four and a half. Most of them averaging about two, two and a half right now. So maybe three was so too high. The, so the things that you said, though, Steve, about backup quarterbacks and about, you know, the motivation, don't the line, you know, the people setting the lines, don't they know those things too? Because those seem to me, I don't know if they're common sense or just from talking with you the last couple of years, those seem pretty obvious. Yeah, it's a lot of work, though, to go through. And, and how much time are all the quarterbacks going to get? You look at the Hall of Fame game. How much time is the four-string quarterback um, for Arizona, Trevor Knight, going to get versus Cooper Rush for Dallas? And do we really know who's going to do better in this game? It's an extremely difficult handicap. So then, knowing that, do they take different limits? Do they, do they set lower limits on, on preseason than they do for regular season? Absolutely, and that is why this, the big syndicates that have 10 guys all working together, they don't really spend much time with preseason because they want to be betting 20000 40000 a game. It's just not worth their while to try to get down because pretty much $1,000, $500 limits, they can't get enough in action to justify the time and expense for all this work that they do, and because of that, uh, you're not really competing against the other syndicates when you're betting where a really good number will disappear immediately. And that's another reason why for 99% of the betters, preseason, I'd argue, is better to bet than regular season. Wow. So because the limits are smaller, the syndicates don't aren't able to pony up a lot of money to the point where it would move the line and the line wouldn't be as favorable. So the line can arguably stay favorable. Yeah. In the Hall of Fame game, for instance, on Monday morning, the total opened up everywhere at 37, and it stayed at 37 for four hours. No movement. Now, the reason it stayed at 37 is because all the books that put it up have limits of $500 for the most part on that game. If they had put up a NFL week one number at 37 and had put up their higher limits on that. I really feel someone would have come in earlier and been betting the under given around that. We'll talk about why money's coming in on the under and a little bit on the hall of fame game, but um, four hours, pretty long time for a bad number. What I consider to be a bad number to just be hanging out there. Yeah. I think I was talking with Warren Sharp on, um, the fantasy feast podcast. And I think he said a lot of times when he puts out his numbers on the total, when he puts out his plays on the total, that the, the numbers can move like within, within minutes. Yeah. Warren is extremely accomplished in his projections, especially with totals. I know he specializes on that. So what happens is that I, I even go seconds that when he releases a play over 48, you blink and it's going to be 49, 49 and a half minutes after 
because people know Warren is a proven winner over the years and the screen will turn black, as they say, when everyone starts frantically betting it. And then some books will just see that, oh, they're betting the over in the, that New Orleans Saints game and they'll just move it on air without even taking a bet, seeing all that money coming in on that over. Wow, that's interesting. So I, I saw you tweeting about it, Steve. You referenced it. You are, you're all in on the under for the Hall of Fame game and you think that they really screwed up there. Yeah, I think they put out a bad number. Um, what's interesting, I'm driving around Las Vegas. I don't see a number on this Hall of Fame game at all. And then I hear a guy I respect a lot, Tony Miller, uh, Golden Nugget, sportsbook manager, said, oh, I've got this game up. I've got the total 39, and I've got Dallas laying two and a half. And I'm like, 39? And it was funny how he said, and no one's betting. And I'm thinking, well, no one's bet it because it's not on the screen. You know, I have my odds screen, and it shows a blank for everybody. So I, long story short, I skip dinner and I get over to the golden nugget. It's 38. So somebody did bet it. And I wish I'd gotten under 39, but I played under 38 and I played under 37. So I got a piece of both of those numbers and it, it shows how it's 105 degrees in Las Vegas. And you just keep your ears open and you listen, you're going to find some really good opportunities. And so got down on that, but um, the 37 was still a really, really good wager. I can break down the history of the Hall of Fame game, just the recent history of the last five years. Kind of shocking how hard it is to score in this game lately. Dallas 16, Cincinnati 7, Arizona 10, New Orleans 17, the Giants 17, Buffalo 13, Pittsburgh 3, Minnesota 14, and here's why we got the 37. The last time Dallas played in the Hall of Fame game, Miami 20, Dallas 24. They scored 44 points. But that game four years ago was sitting on 30 with Dallas running out the clock. We got 14 points in the final two minutes. And because that game landed 44 and it was a Cowboy game, I really think that instead of this total being 34, that's why it got opened up in most places at 37. Wow. That's interesting. So, so they're just going based on something that happened four years ago. That seems crazy to me. Well, I think they looked at the Dallas uh, preseason history, and Dallas actually was fairly high scoring in their games last year. Their last all four of their games had forty-two or more points last year. But I consider the Hall of Fame game, Ross, to be completely different from all other preseason games. I wanted to ask you, did you ever play in the Hall of Fame game? No, but I did play. I don't know what they called it, but I did play in the fifth preseason game back when they used to have a game over in Osaka, Japan in 2002 with the Washington Redskins, which that would not have been a good one to bet the under on because it was Steve Spurrier's first game. And he didn't look at preseason as really being that different. And he wanted to run the score up and make a point that his offense was awesome. So I'd love to go back and see the score of that game. But uh, we beat the Niners pretty good. I remember distinctly, Steve, that was my first start. I'm over in Japan. I hurt my neck on the first practice over there, I think because I probably slept wrong on the flight. And I, I, I realize now, and really in all the preseason games, Steve, that 
Steve Spurrier was trying to make a point. I mean, he was trying to score a bunch of points. And so uh, I think Brian looked up the score. Brian, what was it? 38-7? Yeah, 38-7 Redskins over the Niners. 38-7. What was crazy about it, Steve, is the first series I'm going against Bryant Young, okay? And he's a stud, and I'm like, oh, boy. It's my first start in the NFL. It was a preseason game, first start. By the second quarter, Steve, I was still in the game, and most of our starters were. And I looked at the 49ers' sideline, and Bryant Young was in street close. He had played the first three plays, gone in, showered, came out, and was just standing there. And I'm still playing. So that's one of the things that is interesting about preseason football is certain coaches treat it a little bit differently the thing about the Hall of Fame game this year is we already know Bruce Arians already said that his starters aren't playing at all, and neither of his first two quarterbacks, Carson Palmer or Drew Stanton, are playing. Now, we don't know about the Cowboys, but I wouldn't expect to see a lot of those guys either. Yeah, and your example, your game in Japan, really stands out. If you could get back in your time machine, how much would you be willing to bet on your team to win that game it's always easy after the fact, but you, I mean, you, you nailed it. One coach cares, <clears throat> one coach doesn't care. In this case, in this game, Arians has said he doesn't care at all. And my experience has been in a Hall of Fame type game when one coach comes out early and says that the other coach will tend to mimic that. Dallas has no success in recent years in preseason. They've only won two out of eight games both teams are just looking to try to keep everyone healthy, and what that says to me is under. Have you? Um, so two two more questions there. Number one, have you um, bet anything else in the game, or just the total? I bet Arizona plus two and a half only because I really didn't know who should be favored, and. After Arians came out and said he's not going to play any of his starters at all, I'm a little concerned about that. I think maybe Dallas should be a modest favorite. I might nibble back a little bit on Dallas at uh, Pickham or minus a dollar fifteen and just play for the middle here because of that latest information. And then the other question is: you mentioned the five hundred dollar limits, right? Um, is it just a matter of? Like, I, I guess that's just for if you do it in person, right? If you go to the very biggest books, they might take $1,000 in the Caribbean on these games. But I, a lot of Vegas shops, yeah, you show up in person and you say, I want to bet $5,000 on this game. They'll say, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a preseason game. Our limit's 500 so they, the books know they're exposed and that they can get beat up on. And also they know they're not going to get a ton of action on these games, Ross. It's not like an NFL game where they're going to get $500,000 bet on a Monday night game. They might only book 20000 in total on a game. They can't be just taking a $5,000 bet on, from one person, especially if it's a sharp trying to beat them. Got it. That makes that makes sense. They, and they they hate taking bets from sharps in the preseason, don't they? Oh my gosh! Especially earlier in the week when the numbers kind of settled in on game day and they're getting two way action. 
then they're not as worried about it. But when they just first put up a number, they know it's just a haphazard, wild, best guess. And because of that, they certainly, from past experience, they've seen enough disasters where a preseason game opens pick. It goes up to four. Everyone's betting the favorites. Then right before the game starts, someone comes in and plays plus four and a half against them. The game lands four. Everyone who made a limit bet wins on that game, and they shake their heads and say, well, that just wiped out our profit for the entire week on a stupid preseason game. Wow. It's really interesting. I I love hearing about kind of both sides of the aisle, so to speak. You've been talking about bet online a lot, Steve. We love them because if you use the promo code EVENMONEY on your first deposit, you score a 50% welcome bonus worth up to $2,500 in sportsbook free plays. As Steve has said a number of times, you will see why Bet Online earns an A-plus rating. Their op- odds open before the competition for major U.S. sports. The best value is in the early odds. Bet Online has them. Plus, they've got live betting. You'll even get a risk-free $25 bet on your first in-game play with some of the long list of props, state-of-the-art live betting software they have. It's really, really cool. Highly encourage you. they got a casino. they got poker. Go to betonline.ag. The key, though, is to use the promo code EVENMONEY, the name of this podcast, to score your $2,500 bonus. Even money and betonline.ag. Steve, we have uh, an email question this week for you. And again, you can always email me, ross at rostucker.com. And if you include confirmation that you took advantage of one of the sponsors over at rostucker.com, especially betonline, then I guarantee Steve and I will read and respond to the question right here on the show. So this comes to us, Steve, from Roger Harper, who took advantage of the Amazon banner ad, the new Amazon banner ad at the new RossTucker.com. And he said, uh, my question is for the Even Money podcast. Steve talks about power rankings, but how are his power rankings determined? Does he do his own Are power rankings available commercially? And if so, what are the most accurate and reliable? I do my own. Uh, I come up with how strong I have every team. My, if I have a leak or a weakness, it's an evaluating how good the players are. And I have to tell you, Ross, I, I do rely on some other sources when it comes to that. When we have a key personnel change, and especially at quarterback, that um, I need to make a, a large adjustment for. But I have every single team to start the year. New England is going to be uh, a plus 10. They're 10 points better than an average team. I don't remember ever having a team power rated that high the first week of an NFL season. And so all things being equal, if two teams are playing on a neutral site, I take the difference in the two power ratings and I go ahead and make my play. So in the New England-Kansas City game week one, if New England is 10 points better, I think I've got Kansas City two points better than an average team. So I've got New England eight points better than Kansas City. 
on a neutral site, and it's in Gillette, where they have a massive home field advantage. Because of that, my numbers say New England should be significantly more than an eight-point favorite. They're currently an eight-point favorite, and that's why I would look towards the Patriots in that week one game. My power ratings say New England minus eight is extremely cheap. Got it. Okay. Is there a place where they are, like, I mean, I guess there's a lot of places, Steve, where power rankings are commercially available, but not necessarily, um, you know, by the numbers, so to speak. In other words, you always say, I've got them seven points better. I've got them three points worse. I do power rankings, but I I don't do it that way. I just rank the teams. Right. Most people do do it your way. They just put them in order. And, you know, one thing that that drives me crazy is all those power ratings, all of them, 95 percent of them, in my opinion, are flawed because they look at the records of the teams. So whenever I look at any kind of ESPN type of power rating, they're never going to put a one and four team ahead of a five and O team, which I never understood. It's a power rating. It's how good the team is. And so there's certainly every year there's teams that are one and three that are way better than a three and one or a four and O team that have they've just been unlucky. They played a difficult schedule. Um, Example, the WNBA season started and the LA Sparks won the title last year and ESPN power ranked them the number one team, which was just ridiculous. Everyone knows Minnesota's the best team. They just happened to lose a close series in the finals, similar to how Golden State lost to Cleveland last year. No one would have rated Cleveland power rated higher than Golden State to start this year. Yet some people did that because they won the title. So my rankings don't really care what what a team's uh, record is. It's just how good is that team? You can take the difference between the two teams. Another thing I do that's different for most people with the power ratings, Every most power ratings have teams rated like a 95 or an 88. I never understood that, Ross. If I rate a team a zero, they're an average team. If they're a plus number, they're an above average team. If they're a minus number, a below average team. But I'm struggling, Ross. How low can I possibly make the New York Jets? What would your number be on the New York Jets? Um, that's a that's a good question. I don't know, man. What? Give me some. Give me like a point of reference. The Browns last year. Yeah, so really bad team at the end of the year when it, it's obvious they're bad, minus nine. I'd say a good I, – I'd say at least minus ten for the Jets. Um, although the Browns were pretty bad last year. I, I guess I'll, I'll go minus ten. I'll give the Jets a little bit of credit with McCown at quarterback. Yeah, I think minus ten – is a good number. I think if you added up the personnel, as bad as the personnel is, it wouldn't sum up to the minus 10, but the culture, this whole, well, we're not tanking, but we really would like to get a good quarterback next year, concerns me immensely. But that's probably more so at the end of the year than at the beginning of the year. Um, But um, if they are indeed a minus 10, Buffalo's close to an average team. And they're home against the Jets week one. And Buffalo still only laying six and a half. That looks like a good sports investment to me. You have to feel that number is going to go up to seven. And it's probably not going to take too long until it does so. Yeah, I think sometimes, Steve, um, week one can be weird. Week one can be a little quirky. And I also say the difference between the Jets and the Browns, in my mind, 
and we didn't know this um, necessarily a year ago, but Josh McCown, I think, will start week one for the Jets, and I think he, he will give you, like, competent professional quarterback play. Robert Griffin III did not do that for the Browns. I mean, that, that, that was not professional quarterback play, what he put out there. Um, and then they went to Kessler, who was a rookie, third round. He wasn't ready. So th- there's a lot of issues with the Browns and who they tried out their quarterback last year, whereas the Jets, McCown's at least competent. And when they go to Hackenberg, at least it's his second year, and he's been around a little bit and should have an idea what he's doing. I still don't think he's going to be good, but he should have an idea what he's doing. So we'll see. It'll be very, very interesting. Um, that was fun. I'm looking forward to next week already when we have the full slate of week one preseason to talk about. Maybe we'll even bring on a guest to start to help us out heading into the season. It is a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive and listen to the Even Money podcast. Again, check him out on Twitter and only Twitter at Fezzik Sports or pregame.com, Steve Fezzik. And I am at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. If you're a Facebook person, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Good luck, everybody. I think that'll do it for the show. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you, you listen to find podcasts. The Adam Carolla Show. Throw it on your phone. It's free.